Hi everyone, Emily here back again. Today I'm so excited about this episode. I've uh, been wanting to have Amanda on for some time and uh, we managed to both find holes in our busy mother lives to chat for half an hour. She is a bit of a mentor and a guide for me, even though she might not know it. I found her on Instagram uh, about two years ago. We were both pregnant with our, our babies. She had her fourth baby in February two years ago, and I had Radha uh, almost two years ago now. So in this episode, we talk, we touch upon so many different subjects. Um, if there's anything that you would like us to delve into deeper, please don't hesitate to message us so that we can explore a topic um, and go a little bit deeper. She talks about how she healed her PCOS uh, naturally. She has she was diagnosed with uh, infertility or was told that it would be very difficult to have children by a doctor. And she talks about how obviously that isn't the case now that she has four beautiful children. She's an herbalist, a high raw vegan mama, they do eat some eggs from their own chickens on, on their homestead. Uh, she's compassionate and non-judgmental and um, just a beautiful person to speak with. And we also touch upon postpartum anxiety and burnout. And you will notice that uh, the recording starts just kind of jumping into conversation because uh, there was just some rich uh, content kind of coming out as we were talking that I think will be helpful to all mothers knowing that even the mothers who seem to have it all together and who are uh, running a business or homeschooling many children, we struggle and we have hard times too. So I hope you enjoy the show just as much as I did. That's my whole thing, not being judgmental and be open towards everybody doing what's right for them. So Exactly. Yeah. Like we, um, we actually ate some elk and chicken and a bit of fish over the winter. Yeah. But now that like spring is coming, like I have zero desire for that. Isn't that funny? It's like the, it, the like, body cycles, right? With, with yeah. what's available in our local environment. We're so connected. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Totally like I started that. to like break out and stuff and I was like, whoa. And, and I just had a repulsion and I was like, okay, like time to change things. That's up right. Again. You like, must've got yeah. what you needed from it in that time. Right. And then it's just exactly. time to move on and honor what your body needs now. It's like us, we do like a lot more cooked root vegetables all winter long because it's what's yeah. available and our body, yeah. you know, responds to that. But exactly. Yeah. Oh man. I'm so excited. Yeah. I haven't really touched upon food yet. Um, on the podcast, but obviously it's like a huge passion of mine. And so I'm so yes. glad that you're, you're the first person that we, can Oh, I'm like, honored to be the of... first person. I think that's yeah. super exciting. And it's a good time for me too, just with me working towards launching everything. So getting a little bit more out there and talking to different people, I think is a great thing. So yeah, it works, yeah. works great for me too. Do you feel that now that Keith is like two, there's like an opening and like a release? Oh my that gosh. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, for me, and I can touch on all this too, like for me, the fourth kid really changed the game. I mean, um, with the other three, I was tired. Sure, all, all new parents are, but suddenly with the fourth, he mm. was this super not sleeping child and I would be up homeschooling during the day and 
trying to maintain our lifestyle of like building a small homestead and learning to be an herbalist. Yeah. But then sleeping like 1.2 hours through the night. So, oh yeah, I hit a wall big time and I had to just call everything off for a while and recharge. And yeah, it was a dark time actually. I got like really not feeling well for a long time just with absolute exhaustion. But I think it gave me perceptions on a lot of things I didn't know about before. Like Mm. a lot of places that I probably wouldn't have related to other people I would have been empathetic but not had a place of relating where now I'm like no I get what anxiety is now because I had it from lack of sleep and it's real wow (laughs) yeah there's it was really life-changing for me and I mean just the fact that I am trying to open a practice where I'm working with people and their healing journey I think I needed that like I think it gave me a totally different perception on people and being open-minded and giving love when you know, sometimes people walk through some pretty heavy stuff and they just need support. Wow. So you hadn't had any other mental health issues? Well, I, I would say I had as a teen when I was before I found out I had PCOS, um, I was on birth control and to obviously to regulate things. Right. And I was super depressed, like really, really, really dark, really depressed and really angry. Like, anger for no reason. There was no valid source for it, but it was a deep feeling in me. Um, So I did have a history, but not like anxiety unless I had done something. Like say I had been out somewhere socially and done something embarrassing or said something out (laughs) of my character. Sure, I got anxiety from that, but not like not like in the last two years, not like I'm sitting in front of somebody and seeming totally collected on the outside. Meanwhile, in the inside, I'm going, don't freak out don't freak out, don't freak out where, you know, and for me, it was just sheer exhaustion. Like you cannot live off of one hour of sleep for two years in a row. You will melt. (laughs) Yeah. While taking care of four. That's right. And like like, trying to be a homeschooler and then like, yeah, Yeah. trying to figure out how to food prep and build a mini homestead. And (laughs) it was just too much, but like you can do that if you're meditating all day. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Where you're building yourself up. Yeah, nursing mother. Oh my god! Postpartum and pregnancy. Absolutely, and, and like yeah. I do think it was a harder pregnancy on me just because I had that whole mental load that I didn't have before from having a miscarriage. Yeah. So like there was a mental load that I didn't. I mean, I knew I was carrying it, but I think I was just so in deep with being a parent that I didn't acknowledge what I was really walking through day to day in my pregnancy and like the absolute terror that I was dealing with. But I think that took a toll on my adrenals too. Just you just living in anxiety of like losing something again, really kind of, I think, took it out of me. So I went into um, my postpartum experience already drained. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's like a burning out of the nervous system. hundred percent. Right. So sometimes it's like, it's not even the thoughts or really our behaviors that are causing the anxiety. It's just the nervous system that is fried. Absolutely. That was exactly what it was. So like I, and that's the only way I can describe it is I would be sitting like at a social, like a family function or something and trying to look at somebody and take in what they were saying. And all I could think is don't freak out. Don't hyperventilate. Don't freak. Even though I didn't ever do that for some reason, like I was just so burnt out that I was panicked about panicking. <laughs> and it was yeah. like, it's funny, I have a friend that's a therapist, she said, you know, they use sleep deprivation as a form of torture for a reason. <laughs> and I went, oh my gosh, why did I never make that connection before? It is, it's a form of torture for a reason because your body can't function when you don't sleep. 
So yeah. 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 Anyways. <laughs> so that's been my last well, two years. <laughs> yeah. So now you, you have a breath of fresh that's air. And right. you're into, yeah. I mean, to... I'm still up with Keith probably twice a night. He's still like a milk monster and that's fine. Like I can handle, I can handle that where I'm not, yeah, I'm back to myself for the most part. I mean, I'm functioning again. I'm inspired on life again. And I have like, yeah, I have a want to get back out there and help people. Cause like there was a time where I was just thinking, oh man, I'm just so fried that I can't even, I can, I can't expand myself anything past my own family right now. But yeah, yes. where you just, you know, that's part of being in this stage of life though. And I think our cultures forgot that we're supposed to be being supported, but instead we're not. And we're kind of like solo walking through this, unless you find a tribe of women your age, we don't have our elders in place anymore. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> so, wow. Well, I think all of that, we're just going to, I'm going to start that recording earlier because what you just shared, I think will be so helpful to a lot of oh. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I'll just sub yeah, that in so, somewhere. <laughs> or I can yeah. touch back on if you wanted to try and flow somewhere. I don't know. But yeah, if you want, we can, I guess, do, do an introduction and I could start. Sure. Because we're apparently yes. we have no issue chatting. <laughs> no, I think that's amazing. It's flowing well. Um, maybe go back to when you were 16 and like why you went on the birth control in the first place and what that looked like. Um, well, so... As soon as I started my cycle, so I was very young. I think I was, gosh, I can't remember if I was 11 or 12, but I was way too young. And clearly right from the start, that's showing there was a hormonal imbalance happening. And okay. um, into my teens, it just never regulated. I would be on my cycle for like two weeks at a time, and then it wouldn't show up for a little while. And then it'd come, you know, come back for another two weeks at a time, and then it would break a week and I'd have another week of it. And I knew there was something seriously unbalanced and, um, yeah, I had opportunity at that point to be on birth control and also what teen doesn't want all the other wonderful aspects of birth control, like no acne and breast growth and everything else wonderful that, you know, you're sold into. So when it was such an easy option, um, I took it and the first one that they put me on I was pulled off of it very quickly because the doctor was concerned about my mental well-being because I told her I'm not in a good place anymore. I'm not me. Um, so they so it changed you right, right away. away. It, like for my personal body makeup, it was like an instant within a month reaction. I was somebody different. Um, wow. So they changed me onto a different one that was a much lower dose of medication or the, the birth control pill. And I somewhat became more myself again. I wasn't at least having such dark thoughts, um, but I was still not me. And I would say I was not me the entire time I was on that. Like up until the age of 19 of coming off of it, there, is, there was a person in there that it, I was just, it just was not right for my body. For me personally, it just did not go well with me. Um, so I came off birth control at 19 when I decided I needed to have like a massive life change at that point I was like I said I was angry I was depressed um I just knew I wasn't living life to its fullest to what life could be and I went if I'm gonna start living and really embrace life I need to make some serious changes so um I kind of did everything within a matter of weeks I I was smoking cigarettes at the time I quit smoking cigarettes I went off birth control, I got a gym membership, and I went vegetarian. And 
Did the birth control help regulate the Yes, period? that's why they put me on it, actually, was to regulate it and also to help my severe cramps. Because um, I would be written okay. off with cramps for days at a time. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and it, it did regulate that, actually. It regulated that. It cleared my skin. Like, it had some amazing benefits, which is why I stayed on it for so many years. Um, right. And I assumed at that point, when I came off of it at 19, I thought, well you know, I'm now out of puberty, I should, my cycle should just be fine now, right? That's what, that's what we okay. think. It never showed up. So months and months and right. months go by and my cycle never shows. And now I'm going, okay, well, something's wrong. So I wow. went to a doctor. And just one more, one more quick question about that sure. time when you were on the pill, did you did you yourself know that it was the pill that caused those dark thoughts? Like I, I knew think- in the first place that something had changed very quickly. And that's, so I did okay. mention it to the doctor at my first like one month checkup or whatever that would have been. Yeah. I mentioned that, Hey, I'm not feeling like myself. So I, I can't remember my exact line of thought all those years ago. I think I must've made some sort of connection that something had drastically changed within me from the, from the pill. Yeah. But when they changed it, I was a little bit more like me, but I did not make connection after that. I just assumed that's who right. I was. That's the thing. Cause it can, it, so it was a little bit better, but it wasn't for yes. you, but you were like, okay, well this is, this is right me now. And, and especially after that many oh, years, wow. when you're talking during such developmental years yes. of becoming who you are in life, right. You're going from a child to an adult. Um, I really just thought this is who I was. I was just kind of an angry, depressed, sad little person. Yes. And, and it had been so many years. I really just believed that's who I was. And it wasn't until years and years later when I felt differently. And I went, oh my gosh, no, this is who I used to be as a child. And it came back. Like your old self came back, if that makes sense. Wow. Yeah. So I feel like I actually went through something similar where I was put on the pill Honestly, like it was like just because. okay, yeah. Well, that's because because that's <laughs> like, what they do. <laughs> I think it was like just because it was like, well, now you're this age and you should think about the birth control mm-hmm. pill. Like I had, I had a heavy period, but I don't even remember talking about that with my doctor. It was like, well, here's this pill. Like maybe you just want to try it, and I was like, okay, yeah, because like, it, it promised so many sister's... wonderful things, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, I just, it was like this thing that my doctor offered and I, I don't even know, my mom was kind of like, yeah, I think it's a good idea. And um, my sisters went on it for skin, but I don't even remember having a specific issue yeah, for it. Um, I maybe, cause I don't, I think I started in university. So maybe I was becoming sexually okay. active and that was the main reason. I don't even remember, but, and there was no talk about possible side wow. effects. There was no talk about how it could affect my body. And I didn't even clue in that that could have an effect on my mood or anything else. So like I was really struggling for many years and had no idea that it could be a result of that. And I think many women experience the same thing. So I think you're lucky to have like kind of caught it. at a young age. Yeah. Even after three years, like that's like a lot of women go through, are on it longer with negative side effects and just keep going without thinking it could be a cause. You, You become accustomed to that's who you are. Um, you just, you don't realize it's a symptom of maybe that not being right for your body. It's, uh, yeah. And you just become accepting to that's who you are and where you're at in your life. Right. Wow. Okay. So then you were 19, which is a pretty young age to 
have this realization. Yes. Yeah, I guess it was. <laughs> changing um, your life. Yeah. 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 That's, that was the age when it kind of all changed. So when my cycle never showed up, I, I did end up back in a doctor's office where they did obviously yeah. number of tests to try and figure out what was going on. And they found out I had a pretty severe case of uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome, which now is quite common. Um, yes. Yeah. And that's why I, I wasn't having a cycle. And the doctor informed me at that point that, yeah, it was a pretty severe case. Um, and PCOS means there are cysts on correct. the ovaries. Yeah. So they were seeing that with an ultrasound and that's exactly. How they so, um, yeah, okay. with ultrasound, they can see that the ovaries are just covered in lots of little cysts. So as from what I remember, it's when the egg is supposed to be released, it does not, it becomes a cyst on the outside of the ovary. Oh, wow. So okay. yeah, which is yeah. exactly why I was not having a monthly cycle. So yeah, okay. he informed me at that point that I probably wouldn't be able to have children. Um, and if I did, it was going to be a hard, it was going to be a hard, long route for me. It was, you know, quite, quite often in cases as severe as mine, infertility is a big problem and miscarriage. Um, and he suggested at that point, go back on birth control, wait it out till you're an age where you're ready to have children. And then we would put you on fertility drugs. And, and the reason why he suggested that was you have to have a monthly cycle because the, you cannot have the lining of the uterus build up too thick. So he told me that that would okay. put me at risk for cancer. So that was my option. Go on birth control so I don't get cancer. And um, yeah, and then oh take fertility God. drugs when the time came. And I believe the fertility drugs he had spoken about, the first one they would try was um, for a diabetes medication. And I, I mean, we're talking so many years ago, I cannot remember why. I know he took the time to explain it to me, but I don't remember. Um, so anyways, I was heartbroken. I knew so young that I wanted a big family. Um, I had already met my now husband at the time and both of us wanted kids. So I just got in my car and I sobbed <laughs> and I thought, no, no, I cannot take this for an answer. This is not, yeah. this is not my life. I need to, I need to find a different solution. So I, so there was an inner knowing yes, right, right away. away. I was like, that, there's, that there is something truth. else to be had. Yeah. I was lucky that there was, you know, my parents had kind of installed a bit of beliefs very young in life that, you know, natural medicine was an alternative. So um, like we okay. ate spirulina as a kid and there was a few other okay. things. So when I phone my family and I'm going, we don't seem to have any family history of this. Something's wrong. I need to find somebody who can help me. My family was like, yes, that sounds like a great solution. And they were on board with me finding somebody and um, trying to find a natural solution. So I phoned numerous different natural doctors and I found one doctor who said, yeah, absolutely. Like, come on in. And within my first appointment with him, I went, well, I went home with a counter full of things <laughs> um, and I did the whole okay. regime. So I had to further change my diet because as much as I had gone vegetarian, I did not know nutrition at all. So, you know, I was eating yeah. like pretty poor ingredients, but what I thought was a lot, it was probably a lot better than still what I had been eating, but it was still like pretty junky. <laughs> um, so he sent me home yeah. with like a, a huge list of dietary changes and um, some different herbal tonics and um, some B12. I needed B12 shots. There was just a few different things. And within four weeks, 
my cycle had fully returned and has been regular since. And that was it. That was like the moment of my life changing. It was like, it's, it just changed my whole understanding of everything. And I was like, this is where it's at. And I need to like spread this message to other people that, you know, nature's medicine is here for us and it is that powerful and, you know, it's available for everybody. Wow. And it's, it's, it was such a simple change. It was, it was so, so and I, and I totally know that is not necessarily the case for everybody, especially if you're dealing with, yeah. you know, some really chronic issues is it, it is like a lifestyle that you have to really follow through on. Um, for like for some longer period of time before we absolutely and even now yeah. like I know if I was to fall back to say my old my old diet or my old like partying and smoking and just living kind of a um, a different lifestyle I would see so many of those symptoms come back because I had a lot of other symptoms um, that I had to heal from as well the the very quick change with the polycystic ovarian syndrome was only one aspect of everything that I had to heal from. Um, and it's, it's going to be an ongoing battle. Like there's going to be things that I'm probably still healing from in 10 years from now or 20 years from now. Cause it's not, yeah, it's a journey. It's not a quick fix, but that for me was, I just, I was very fortunate that my body just responded so quickly and really had a turnaround. And maybe it was that I was only on birth control from you know, age 15 to 19, Mm -hmm. or just my body's chemistry. I don't know. But yeah, I felt it's yeah, it was pretty wild, really. And um, I can't remember what I wanted (laughs) to ask. (laughs) Uh, Okay, Uh, if I if that question comes, we'll swing back around. (laughs) (laughs) We'll swing back around. Yeah. So oh, I wanted to know. Yes. Did you get an ultrasound to see if the cyst had I didn't at the time, um, but I've obviously I've had uh, many children since. So I've had lots of ultrasounds yeah. and every single time I'm in an ultrasound for one of my pregnancies, I'd be like, can you slide up over to those ovaries and just give them a look-see? And every yeah. single time I've just been, it's like a massive sigh of relief over and over again. They're like, nope, there's no cyst. And I'm like, oh, and it just, it's like an, just a confirmation wow. of what what lifestyle changes I took over and over and over again. Every time I heard those words, I was like, oh, you're doing the right things. And it just was that push that much more. Get out there and and share with people your story. Share with people that they can have that too. So not only did you stop what was happening and you got your cycle back, but also yes. the body healed itself and the cyst disappeared. Like, I think that is so beautiful that the body can actually transform and change these diseases and cysts and different mm-hmm. things on our bodies and and make it's them amazing to me the um, body's desire incredible. to heal itself like that never ceases to amaze me it has such a desire to want to heal wow so then can we talk a bit about your food transition sure um, after um, that not too long later, yeah. my sister brought in um, a book into our lives, and it was Eating for Beauty by David Wolf. And this was the first time any of us had heard of a raw food lifestyle. And we were like, what is this all about? And we all read the book. And yeah, it, was, it just resonated so deeply. So at that point, we started incorporating a lot more raw food, um, trying to bring a little bit of herbs into our lives and superfoods. 
And Mm -hmm. yeah, and, and that stayed consistent with us through and through. That's been something that's really stuck with me is we've tried different things. We've tried different healing diets. But one thing that always seemed to stay true is stay with a lot of like organic yeah, high, high raw, or at least raw. a high amount yeah. of raw fruit and vegetable. Even if, you know, we incorporated more cooked at times, it was trying at least bank in those like raw fruits, raw vegetables and get, get in your super herbs. Yes. <laughs> and when we say, when you say we, that was like your whole family, like you, your sister um, and your parents and I your husband, say, like all going oh, through Oh, for sure. I, I was referring more into like myself with my children, but absolutely. My whole family's been... okay. Um, all of our journeys are different, but absolutely, everybody, thankfully, had very much the same sort of beliefs, which makes, I mean, family time is awesome because everybody eats pretty much the same way. Right. <laughs> so, but yeah, absolutely, right. which has been great that we've all been on such a similar journey because it's so easy to make that phone call. Hey, what do you think about this? Or did you read this book? I'd love your thoughts on that, um, which makes your support system really strong because food and community are really interlinked and you know having somebody close to you that you can share these things with is really helpful certainly yeah like me and my husband uh we go through it together and we discuss things and we oh i love that out and things like that so that's that's been an amazing thing and and i hear of some you know people whose partners don't support it so they're really alone but then for me family was a challenge um they were balking at what I was choosing to eat and especially in pregnancy and you know Christmas dinner with like not eating the turkey and saying no to wine and things like that was a big thing and I mean it, it ended up strengthening me so much to learn to navigate that um, but it was a hard time. And I know a lot of people who want to make dietary changes. That's a huge Absolutely. Like, struggle or, or kind of challenge yeah, I think, to overcome. I think that's probably a lot of people's biggest challenges because our culture really does revolve yeah. around food and time together. That's how we spend our time together. We get together for a meal. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny. Because of that, I really try and stay open-minded and flexible. Um, so as much as we eat, really high amounts of raw food here. If we are, say, spending a weekend with friends, we will absolutely have a cooked meal with them. And, you know, I I still won't sway on certain things. It has to be, you know, within certain limits. Like if we're going to eat a cooked meal with a friend, it's got to be vegan. And, you know, I'm probably going to bring organic ingredients or locally shopped ingredients. Yes. But because it is so important in our culture to sit and have a meal with people, we do try and be flexible and um, make sure that our friends don't feel that we're kind of, um, we don't want to make them feel that we don't approve of what they're doing either. So if that makes any sense, yeah, <laughs> you know, being open-minded and just um, p- people have to make their own choices about what is best for them. And just friendship is more important than anything. That's so beautiful. Cause that's something I see in, in especially the vegan community is it can get so yes. nasty. Yeah. And, and there have been a lot of, like, big uh, vegan social media okay. mediaites who have, like, switched. Uh, that People that I was following that switched, um, well, back to meat and then back to, like, full right. carnivore sometimes. 
and the attack on them is insane. But these people were really struggling with some health issues on their vegan diet, that things weren't working for them. And so they had to change. And the backlash is like astounding to see yeah. the anger and that people have. And I find that's I more poisonous than like, I 100% the food. that whole <laughs> statement. I agree with all of that. I, I first of all, I think that you are doing more good for your body sitting and having like a beautiful conversation with somebody that means something to you and eating a plate of French fries, Mm. then you are to be like, you know, feeling upset or judged and having a beautiful smoothie. (laughs) I mean, I really think that our emotions play massively into our health. And um, so I think that's huge what you said. And, and also the fact that there is that backlash to me, that's so sad when somebody's opened up their journey to try and help others on their journey. Cause I think that's, that's all we're trying to do is just heal and be the healthiest and happiest versions of ourselves. And it does mean a lot of trying different things and figuring out what works for you. So I think anybody that's willing to open themselves up like that and share their experience should be awarded nothing but thanks and gratitude. But um, yeah, so (laughs) to anybody that is struggling that way with people not approving, like my heart goes out to them because it is really hard to not have support. Yeah. Um, so, so, so you had PCOS, your doctor said you were, you were going to be probably infertile and have yes. trouble like, conceiving children. Yes. You now have four <laughs> children. Yes. Um, and uh, just being on the other side of that, uh, did you have trouble with any no, of the No, uh, <laughs> we were very lucky that way. Um, <laughs> we did actively have to try for the first two. Um, it was, you know, a conscious choice and it wasn't the first month. Um, so it was like planning. I don't know if we thought it out that much because we were really at the beginning stages of trying. I mean, I was very aware of my monthly cycle because of everything I had been through. So I understood when ovulation happened and as much as I knew all that, I wasn't going to take any chances. It was like, no, we're just going to try and we won't just focus on certain days. We'll just yeah. try in general. But um, from there, that's right. Just have just lots enjoy of fun. each other regularly. <laughs> um, whereas with our other children, no, it like, I don't, I don't, it must have really been written in the stars because it was like, we should have another baby. Oh, look, we're pregnant. <laughs> so yeah, wow. for us, um, fertility has not been an issue, which yeah, just, I wish I could have just said those words right now to like 19 year old self, <laughs> because that would have been a big sigh of relief in our world. Cause you know, even though we, we only had to try for a few months with our first two children, um, every time, you know, that, that cycle would show up and we go, Oh my God, I hope, you know, I hope things really are healed. Like, I hope this really does happen because we didn't know, we didn't know until we conceived that, you know, we were going to conceive because we were the only people we knew going through this journey at that time. And so that's incredible because all of that is just because the doctor told you that yes. you were going to be infertile, right? If he hadn't said that, you wouldn't have that's had true. Those, those worries. It would have been like, well, you're a little bit sick now, but it could be okay in the future. It's because he literally told yes, you that. Uh, it would be yeah, really that's hard. true. I think that if I hadn't had that in my head, I probably wouldn't have worried because I did already know the average couple with no, um, no issues in fertility takes six months to 12 months to conceive. That is the average time. And I knew that, but yet still on one month, 
I was already freaking out. Like, why didn't it happen first month? Um, yeah. Maybe because at 15, we're so sure it happens, you know, if you do it one time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. Well, they, they hold that yes. over our heads, right? But it's going to happen so quickly. Oh, my goodness. Um, okay. Well, I mean, this is kind of how yes. long we wanted to go, right, to share with people for today. I think uh, I really would love to delve into your knowledge of herbs and how you bring that into your family. But I think we can save that for sure. another episode. Um, do you want to share right now a little bit about what you're working on to bring to people in terms of your work so that they can get a little taste sure, of, what, that, of what's that coming great. with your um, I'm about to launch an online store. Uh, I'm going to start pretty small because I do have four children that I'm homeschooling, so I don't want to get overwhelmed, but we're launching with um, a few topical salves and a few teas which these are herbs that either we have grown ourselves wild foraged or sourced locally. So I'm really excited to bring locally made medicine to our local community. Uh, that I, I'm just so excited because I've, I love exploring yes. herbs that actually grow here, right? We often get excited about all these things in different countries, especially Chinese herbs or Ayurvedic herbs and we have so much I, power. Yes, I totally land. agree. I can uh, absolutely yeah. enjoy, um, oh, I can get totally wrapped up in herbs from all over the world because there's just beautiful medicine everywhere. But the reality is absolutely everything we need is right in our vicinity. And even if we don't know how to forage it ourselves or we don't have a clean access right in our own yard or our own park, there is, you know, somebody nearby, there's a medicine person nearby that does have that access and they do have medicine that will speak mm -hmm. closer to our bodies because this is where we live. This is where we interact with our environment. So we're going to interact better with those herbs. Wow. Thank you so much for listening. As you can see, there are so many different topics that we can explore with Amanda. If you have any questions, uh, further questions you would like me to ask her that we can explore on another episode, feel free to message me on Instagram at this raw mom life. And you can also contact Amanda directly if you have questions for her. I wish you a beautiful day and I'll see you next time.